He's not my, my hero hero, but I do appreciate him quite a bit. You know, uh, when he returned to Ireland with, as a priest, and he brought other priests with him, it is said that when they landed in Ireland and he put his staff in the ground, all the snakes left. I know, you don't believe it, I do. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> to say it. That's why. Um, <clears throat> you must. You have to appreciate Portland. All right. So the week after, I'm just kind of. This is a, a little prelude. Uh, the week after um, uh, uh, Easter. We're going to have uh, Shannon Shire. He's a friend of mine. That his picture's right up here. He's going to be with us that day. He is. Uh, he uh, pastors God's Place in Ogden. He and I have uh, traveled a little bit together, and um, he's really a gifted, a gifted fellow. Uh, very uh, he travels extensively, and um, we're we're just going to. Let him be who he is, and as far as ministering under the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and there's most likely we'll have a second service at five uh, that day. So we're still kind of working those things out. But I really encourage you. You don't want to miss this guy. He and I spent a week together, actually, and Jacob was with us down in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil, and it was fun. Anyways, so. Uh, April 28th, and we'll be having out more information come out about Shannon. Uh, great guy, great brother, loves the Lord, uh, passionate about the kingdom. Uh, and you say, well, Darrell, what, what's your anticipation? That, that everything that we do gets dialed up. Just gets dialed up. So um, we are in uh, going through 1 Corinthians. And I want to begin, I just want to begin a chapter 12, and I want to read a few verses here, and then we'll take our offering. And it's talked, what Paul starts in chapter 12, he's beginning to, some people wrote him, or he talked to somebody, and, and they were asking about um, um, some questions about spiritual gifts and some of the activities that were taking place there, the church there in Corinth. And he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, Regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to be misunderstood. I don't want you to misunderstood, under, misunderstood the, misunderstand this. Excuse me. You know that when you were still pagans, non-believers, you were led astray and swept along with worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will curse Jesus. And no one will say Jesus is the Lord, Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on in verse 4 and he says this, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of services, but the same, the, the different kinds of services, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. It's the same Lord. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Now, that's a very key sentence right there. God has gifted 
Each and every person in this room. Every one of us. Every one of us. And we call these the charismatic gifts or the, or the, or the vocal gifts. But he's gifted each and every one of us. We have here uh, 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I do want to go through it a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, and then we have Romans 12. Every person in the kingdom has a part, has a call, has something to bring to the table, has something to offer, has, has, has something to participate with each and every one of us. And a lot of times that's a discovery. And a lot of times, if I can be honest, we let those things go dormant because of insecurities or being timid or are not willing to take risk or are afraid that we'll be misunderstood. All of those things are happening in the, in the midst of the body. And in saying that, in this culture, we want to walk hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip, and discover what each and every one of us have to bring to God's table. And that's a journey. A spiritual gift is given to each, each, each of us so that we can help each other. To the one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. We call it word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy, the telling forth. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit, discernment of Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown languages, while other is given the ability to interpret that which is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He alone, the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, let's just take one moment here and let's, let me just pray for us. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful that, that you're here in our midst and you're stirring us this very moment. We're grateful that you want to use each and every one of us. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you help us discover the different activities that it is in your heart and your design to move in this place. And I pray, Lord, that we would, as we struggle through it, we would love each other through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul reminds us that, it is, that we're, we're a living organism. The body is a living organism. And the Holy Spirit is always fashioning and, and molding us. And that we all have functions. And that we depend on each other. You and I depend on each other. 
The purpose of the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it be here out of 1 Corinthians 12 or the gifts that we read in uh, Romans 12, is for the common good of each and every one of us. It is for the purpose that we all grow together, that we serve one another. And we must remember it's, you know, I'd, <clears throat> I'd like to be able to choose mine. Personally, if you were to ask me which one you would want there, I'd say all of them. I would. I'd just say, give them, I want them all. The problem with that is, then I wouldn't need anybody, would I? We all have different functions, the same spirit operating in the same body. And then we're going to unpack all of these in the future. But I wanted, I wanted to preface as we, we're going to turn and move forward as Paul talks more about the body. Um, but in saying that, we'll come back and because each one of these are a sermon or it's a dialogue, a laying on hands and just trying to, how, do, how does it work in the church today? And um, I want to begin by saying that as I just finished this. Uh, by saying that we are a following of the Lord that believe that all these things take place in the church today. We believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And, um, and Paul gives us great instruction, not only here in, in chapter 12 and, and right there, the, the love chapter in between, but he goes on in 13... Uh, excuse me, 14, and he, he gives great instruction on how we to, what we're to do during the assembly. Assembly. So, but, you know, it's okay to pray, Lord, what is it that you've given me? How, how is it that, what is my place here? How can I, how can I participate? And we're going to, as we move through this year, we're going to figure that all out for all of us, my prayer is. So uh, right now, I want to go ahead and take our offering. And uh, I want to just begin say how grateful I am for your generosity and your commitment to this, this body. And we are a, a body-supported um, ministry. And if you um, give online, you can go to our, our website and they have an, a simple give option there. Good. So as we move down to verse 12 of First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we, have, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we share the same spirit. It goes on in verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. 
If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. Although we, I think we do do that. <clears throat> and then if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Now, okay, God has put, God formed us, God has put everybody's using this as a metaphor, but he's put each and every one of us in the body. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us are here. We have a purpose. We have a call. We have a function. There is a reason why we are a part of the body. And God has placed us here. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. That's like me saying I want all of them. I could just be the one part. And sometimes I think we live that way. Anyways, how strange would it be if we had only one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We can't say that. And, one re- and look, we have, and if you think of the body, when we think of the body of Christ, we have to think of the whole body. When, early on, I want to say this, because this is important. Early on, the founder of the vineyard, John Wimber, uh, was going through something, and Jesus said to John, he said, John, I want you to love the things that I love. And he goes, okay, great, Lord, I want to love the things that you love. He says, I love my body. I love my church. He went, and he all, all of a sudden, he understood the, thing, the, 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 the resentment he had in his own heart, the attitude he had in his own heart about different segments of the body of Christ. And, he's, and he, at that very point, he said, Lord, I want to love the things that you love. I want to love the things that you... It's good prayer. You might want to think about it. You might want to write it, write it down. So I want to love the things you love. I don't want to separate myself, Right? Matter of fact, he says in verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and less important are actually the most necessary. Are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard less honorable and those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect protect these parts that we should not even be seen. Well, the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such such that extra honor and care are given to these parts that have less dignity. We kind of do that, don't we? In, In church life. Deem things more important than other things. Promotes some things versus other things. I mean, we, we could spend a lot of time thinking that through. I want to move on, though. This makes 
This makes for harmony among the members so that all of the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. There are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Just to name a few. And he goes on, he says. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all have the same? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gift, the most helpful gift. And he goes on as a segue into chapter 13. He says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Thinking about the body, thinking about our culture, the culture here, I want to place a vision in front of each and every one of us. A vision that, would, that we all would say yes to of creating a culture of encouragement. A culture that sees the best in everybody. That sees the possibilities for everybody. A culture that comes alongside of other people and nudge each other forward. A culture of grace. And in that culture of grace, there's also... See, you can't have this kind of culture unless you're willing to be responsible enough to also be a culture that challenges. A culture that says, why are you doing that? But not in a way of condemning but a way of discovery to see what the Lord is doing in a person's life. A way of moving forward together. That we disarm legalism through that culture of love. That we disarm rules and regulations through that culture of love. That we disarm uh, expectations that are not of God. That we become this culture that is a culture of encouragement where we see that everybody that walks through that door and decides this is the place for me, we say, then there's a purpose for you being here. Let's find out what that means. Let's see how we can work together. And that part of that discovery is, is, is it, it, first of all, you have, to say, you have to say yes to Jesus. And then you have to say, I'm all in. Then, in the midst of all of that, 
as you're saying, that, that sounds, doesn't that sound really good? What I just presented to you, doesn't that sound great? Come on. I think it's really good. Right? It's really, 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 really good. But it's really, 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 really hard. Right? It's really hard. And let me tell you, and part of it means is, is, is you and I, which means internally, we have, with saying yes to things like that, we have to get rid of our sacred cows. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we all have them, right? But what I'm trying to say to us is I believe. This is, this is what happened in Acts 1, 2, and 3. This is exactly what happened. There was a phenomenal move of the Holy Spirit among the people, among the city, and everybody that came contact with it. And what we look at is, you know, the fire came upon them, and they all spoke in other languages, and, and it was being interpreted, and, and there was this move of the Holy Spirit. Really what took place is they began to build deep relationships developed around Jesus Christ. In, through, and around Jesus Christ. And they became encouragers to one another. And they were, it was this new sect that came along. And everybody was looking at it and going, what in the world is that? I'm telling you, that is the church. That is the church. That is what God has called the church to be. And it isn't just a one-time event. It's not just happen. It, just, it isn't that we come together and talk about the way it was. We come together and discover what is the Lord doing with us now. Because the Holy Spirit is fresh. With fresh wind. With fresh renewing and illumination to the Word of God. It is fresh. It is encouraging. Romans 12, 4 says this, For we... For as we all have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one body. One. So in a way of encouragement, uh, Lisa Clark said something last week, and it just kind of rang around me and through me all week long. And just in a way of encouragement, I, she's going to come up and just share a little bit of what the Lord has done with her and Casey and their family. Um, Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jordan, wherever you are. Uh, um, that's, you know, we call that the body life. And um, I can't, I just want to say, you know, thank you guys. Because much of what Lisa's talking about is because of you. It's, it's who you are. And your love and, and your concern and your kindness. 
And, um, you know, we're not, and please, 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 please don't hear this. We do not want to separate ourselves from the, the body at large in any way, shape, or form. We, we don't, we wanted to say, look, whatever part that is, a nose, ear, eye, big toe, little toe, whatever it is, whatever it is, we just want to do it the, the best we can. Whatever that is, we just want to do it the best. And when, we, when Paul is talking about it, as, he, as he's reflecting and answering questions to uh, the church there in Corinth, it still resonates today. Um, now, we live in a culture that is highly independent. Highly independent. We're truly not village people. We don't see the need for a b- village. But our God, Jesus, is very much a village God. And he sees the need for us to need one another. And you, you, don't, you cannot not read the scriptures and not figure that out. You just can't. You cannot read what Paul says here and in, in, in the, to, the, to the letters to the Ephesians, to the letters to the Galatians, what Peter said in, in his letter, in Peter, what Paul has, he writes to Timothy, all of them resonate how we are to work together and be a part. And so I'm not saying we, we do that really well. I think we do some things really well. I, I think some things are naturally gifted and I love the things that are going on. But what I would say as we commit to moving forward and being that transformational people that, that aren't trying to relive or try to just keep traditions, but try to live by conviction and, and values and learn how to love people better. Learn how to encourage people better. And be in the body. Now, what most of us don't like anybody coming to us and say, why do you do that? We don't. But it's good for us. Right? So what I want to say to us is let's try to be the best of what God has invited us to be. And what I mean by that, just be clear about it, How we be the best is each and every one of us decide how we're going to be the best who you are. And we come together and we encourage one another. And we walk together. For me, I want to use a little bit of language that we'll be unpacking. But I want to have a community of honor. I believe God has called us to be a community of honor. Which means... That I have to change. That I continually have to change. Which also means that we need to be honest with each other. I also believe, as, as we started out, that there's a community that, that is a giftedness here for healing. A giftedness here. One person years ago asked me, he says, Why, how come I don't hear people in the church speak in tongues very much? And I said, because we lean into prophecy. That's why. We lean into prophecy. That's kind of a, a gift that God has given us. That's where we go. And we're all for tongues, but I say, hey, look, if I hear tongues in, in our setting, I'm going to say, Lord, we are looking for an interpretation. Because I said, I speak in tongues. I'm a, I speak in tongues. 
One of these days, I'm going to go to an international airport and stand there and just shandala, shandala, and see who answers. <laughs> but it's also being just real. Somebody got that. <laughs> Somebody actually just got what I said. <laughs> We want to create an environment where our, our young people are high, as, as highly valued as anybody else. From, 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 our, from the, the nursery all the way up into high school and our young adults where everybody is just valued. And we might just need to start by just saying, Lord, we want to value everything you value. We want to see things as you see things. Because I'll guarantee you, on a spiritual warfare level, the enemy does not want the church to be what Christ has called it to be. I guarantee it. And he, he just knows how to keep us in our little independent world. He knows how to keep us in our little independent thinking to keep us weak and fragmented. And I, I just want to just stand in front of you and say, not, let's don't do that. Let's say no to the devil, right? Let's just say no. Let's have the worship team come forward. So in Colossians 2.2, it says, it says that we're knitted together and that we're to encourage one another in love. When people are encouraged, they're more likely to be united and generous towards one another in action and in spirit. When people... When people are genuine, spiritual encouragement brings out the best in people and can help all of us get through trials and daily living. When you have an environment of encouragement. That encouragement is challenging also. You know, it's not like a, you know, a, a bunch of puppies in a box licking each other. In the place of encouragement... You're also challenging, and you want to do it appropriately. We want to challenge one another under the gift of love because we know that Christ has something better for each and every one of us, right? I hope each of us can make encouragement our our purpose and to be a person who lifts others' spirit, or lifts others up and allows them to see the love of God through the activity of encouragement. I want to kind of end with this statement, or a quote, rather. Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, And I may not forgive you. Encourage me. And I may not forget you. William Arthur Ward. Now that is a good quote. And I want to get each and every one of you in this room right now. May God use you to be unforgettable. 
May God use you in the world you live in. Not only the place you worship, but the place you work or you go to school, the uh, loved ones, family, extended family. May you be unforgettable. Let's sing a song.